Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us today specifically. You can always find us online at pathtozion.com and on YouTube to our channel there. You can subscribe and get notified of all the new videos that continue to come out. Thank you so much for joining us today in this audio-only edition. Spring is in the air where we live here in the southeastern United States. It is beautiful and sunny. And guess what comes with that type of weather? Busyness. Busy, busy, busy. (laughs) It's time to get outside. It's time to get things done that you couldn't get done in the sloppy, wet winter weather. And I'm telling you, we have got to be mature men who are watchmen on the walls of our lives, of our homes, to be careful, to be cautious, to make sure we are giving ourselves to be spiritual men first and foremost in every single facet of our life the best that we can. Why? Well, if we're not careful, any one of us can find out that it's been a couple days, it's been a week, next thing you know it's been a month. I've not been studying. I've not been praying. I've not been functioning primarily first and foremost as a spiritual man. So wherever you are today in your life, no matter where you are in the world and what season it is and whether you're busy or you have more time than you know what to do with, let us be spiritual men first. Men who are thriving which will not be just by happenstance. Everybody early out of the gate is excited. I've had so many conversations over the years when generally older people, older believers, say things like, I remember when I used to be that way. I remember when I was doing that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, friend, don't let that be you. May that not be us as we mature, as we age. May we become more passionate. May we fulfill the scriptural mandate, if you will, or at least very strong suggestion. Don't leave your first love. Don't forsake and walk away your first, your first love. Now, what is that? That's the, the experiential, bubbly, effervescent life, abundant life that comes at the revelation that Yahweh God has has extended himself to you through Yeshua the Son and and longed to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Why? Because we've been sought out, purchased, redeemed. So what we just talked about in measure in the last video series about not just being repaired and healed and delivered, but also moving into a place of of many areas of our life that used to be used against us to become redeemed, restored to fullness, into their purpose, into their Yahweh God-given creator purpose. And that's a beautiful thing for us to find that in any aspect of our life. It's wonderful to be redeemed, to be moving in, along this journey of our sanctification process to become more and more and more like the Son. Well, today I just want to talk briefly. I'm, I'm out driving. I'm on the interstate now. And I'm cruising along here on this beautiful morning going out to work. 
And this morning in our, in our home, our whiteboard verse was Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1. And this will be very brief, but I just want to talk about this verse for a few moments. I, I read across it in some other studies um, several days ago. And I just made a little note on our whiteboard that I wanted to do it next. And so I, I did that this morning. And, and the verse says this, depending on what version you read, this, this one varies a lot in, in different versions. Um, and again, I will continually say this. The versions that we read matter. The Bible translations that are in our hands matter. We cannot just grab the 2021 super excited, um, uh, I don't know, hip, hipster Jesus movement Bible version 4.8. I mean, we can't just, well, well, that sounds good, or, or that sounds fun, or that's on sale at the Christian online bookstore. I mean, we've got to do a little bit of digging out about what we're reading. I've really been giving myself to that as of late, about scrutinizing the the versions that I have and really studying myself um, to be approved in a, maybe a greater measure because I'm really larger in larger measure than I have before given myself to how the version in my hand arrived at the translation that it's presenting to me because let's just be honest there's so many options if you will for us that we have got to be careful we've got to be careful what we read and what we're ingesting we cannot just say well it says holy bible on the front so it must be good. That's that's not the case, friends. Please be careful and cautious. Now, this version specifically that I'm going to be read this morning is the CJB, and um, that's one of the versions I use, and I like it just because of the, a lot of the Hebrew wording um, that is within the text. But in this verse specific, specifically, again, Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1, it says this, Adonai, you are my Elohim. I exalt you. I praise your name, for you have accomplished marvels, fulfilled ancient plans, faithfully and truly. So let's just talk about this verse and the simple principles therein for just a few moments to just maybe help us to be good and grounded today. It starts out very simple but very clear. Adonai, you are my Elohim. Now, and I have to be clear, and there's a lot of people that I have conversations with that say, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about when you say these, quote, Jewish words. If you don't know, Elohim is simply God. Now, it's very, it's not difficult to understand, but in general Christian church upbringing, we were never taught the understanding of the plurality of Elohim. There in the verses, for example, where he, Yahweh, is pronounced, declared the God of all gods, he was the capital E Elohim of lowercase Elohim. Elohim is a plural understanding of gods, okay? Or, in the singular sense, a God. And capital E Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh eternal, is the Elohim of all Elohims, without getting into this specifically, meaning there are others. 
there are other little E's. Okay? And so Isaiah here in this text specifically starts out chapter 25 in, in the way that it's made it down to us, divided into chapters. You are my Elohim. You're it. You are my God. You are, to me personally, the God of all gods. There is no other. There's none above you, beside you, or anywhere near you. You rule and reign preeminent in my life, period. So I like that straight out of the verse at the very beginning to make it clear. You are alone, my Elohim. I exalt you and I praise your name. Now, I have compiled some studies over the last year and a half, almost, well, two now, just talking about the importance of the name. I think we might land there in measure soon here on the podcast just because you hear things all the time about the name within the scriptures, the power within the name of of the Elohim of Elohims and the power in the name of Yeshua. And so the the argument that continues on within the church, should there ever be one, is that names don't matter. If you say Jesus, if you sh- say Yeshua, if you say a generic, very general um, moniker of God, G-O-D, or if you say Yahweh, these things just don't matter. God knows what we mean. Um, well, that's a, that's a deep topic that we're sure not going to dive into today. But we have to give ourselves to asking the question, why are there so many scriptural accounts that are discussing, literally by quotations now, your name, the name, his name, you know, his, his banner, um, it's, it's his title, it's, there's power and authority within it. Now, there's not power and authority within the two words, your name or two words, his name, but there is power within his name, (laughs) y'all. Yahweh Elohim, the preeminent God of all gods. And so Isaiah is making this clear. Number one, Yahweh Adonai, he, you, are my Elohim, and I exalt you. I extol, praise your name. That name above every other name. For you have accomplished marvels, wondrous deeds throughout Psalms and different places of the scriptures as well. I recall, I recount, I remember your deeds. I declare your name and and your goodness and your kindness in the midst of the assembly. There should be a declaration out of our mouths that we will exalt him. We will praise his name. Why? For he has accomplished marvels. Well, what are marvels? Without getting into a whole bunch of word study, this, these words in, in this text specifically are pretty clearly understood and, and pre- very simply defined, really. Um, not real surprising. A lot of times you read words in, in Hebrew text and it's like, wow, that means nothing like my present understanding. But these words, for the most part, I would say are kind of widely viewed as as exactly what they're saying. Marvels, you know, marvelous things, marvelous deeds, incredible works. You have accomplished these things. You have fulfilled 
ancient plans. I really like that one. The, the verbiage specifically in the CJB, to me, kind of exalts this text to its proper understanding of what Isaiah was saying. He has fulfilled ancient plans, purposes, things in motion. Everything that that is, the word ancient is quite heavy. It's, 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 man, that's a word that you just don't hear much, really. Ancient, in a proper understanding, in a biblical sense. So, Yahweh Elohim has fulfilled these ancient things, these ancient ways, plans, and purposes. He is... He has done every single thing that needs to be done ever in its entirety. And he has done it faithfully and truly. He's entirely dependable. He is entirely trustworthy. And he's done it truly in righteousness, in wholeness. And when you when you do a word study on these last two words specifically, faithfully and truly, they're basically defined as the exact same. I mean, they're basically the same word, which anytime we see a redundancy in a specific verse or in a specific related text, it is there for a purpose, to, to make a point clear. Our Creator, our Father, is faithful and true. And so today, this is super brief, I know. I just want to make it simple and 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 concise to make a clear point for us today. Can we ask ourselves these questions? Is the declaration of our mouth, are the declaration, the declarations that are the words of our mouth, the utterances that come out of our mouths, whether we sit in journal or whether we're talking to our spouse or training our children or talking to a neighbor or meeting someone at the gas station, Is the posture of our heart ready to declare the awesome name of the Elohim of Elohims? Are we, are we ready at every turn to have his praise on our lips? I know everybody knows these worship songs. I know we know these songs and we sing them. But do we live them out? Man, I remember... Um, when we gathered at our home for years, that was my biggest thing. And, and thankfully, the brother that, that led the singing part of the worship was really was really a, a a sober guy in this in this sense as well, like me. In the sense of sometimes we had to change the words because I'm just not quite sure we mean that. I think we're repeating a line that would be great, and maybe we can sing it in faith, but. You know, this is just not true for us. Friends, let us be a people who who sing and say what is true in our heart. What we truly believe and what we truly live out. Now, to be clear, sometimes we do need to declare things out of our mouths to get them embedded into our hearts. Yes, I'm not saying that this is either or. But may we not be found just repeating lines that we don't really stop and sit down and pull up a chair of thought and examination and say, do I really mean this? Is this really true? So, in closing, can you say today, 
You, Adonai, are my absolute Elohim of Elohims. There is no other. There's no other God in my life. We're probably not bowing down to Asherah poles today or making sacrificial offerings on an altar on our back porch, but there is idolatry in our lives that is always desiring a place, always desiring to have any seat upon our hearts to to demand our worship, which is just adoration and attention and focus and affections. So, is there any other God, little g, in your life, in mine? Are we ready at every instance to, to lift our hands and open our mouths without shame, without fear, without a, a boundary in between us and the Father to say, I exalt you, I praise your name, Yahweh, because I'm aware that you have accomplished marvels. You have fulfilled ancient paths. Oh, great king, you are awesome. You are awesome in me. Thank you for all that you've done. You are faithful and you are true. So this is just a few minutes of examining Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1. Friend, thank you for listening today. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We ourselves are trying our best to rediscover the ancient way. Because the Father has been good. He has been kind. He has lavished His love on us. And we want to take the rest of our days doing all that we can to be found pleasing in His sight. Holy as He is holy. We believe it's possible. We believe He's told us how. (laughs) He would not tell us to do something and to be something and then not give us every possible way to accomplish what He has told us to be. That is a beautiful promise. So thank you for listening today. Find us online at patthezion.com 24-7. Also online, all of the videos that we have, YouTube, search Pat to Zion Podcast. And find us online via email. Reach out to us. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know where you are and where you're listening or watching. Pat to Zion Podcast at gmail.com. Amen.